podcast. How was everybody's Valentine's Halloween? Valentine's Halloween. I still can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. With you as always, I'm your host, Stardust. And we've got Explicit with us today. Yo, what's poop up? What's what's oh my god, what's popping? What's good? <laughs> we haven't started smoking yet. Uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing, man. <laughs> Well, what's popping? <laughs> what's popping? <laughs> so, we've got an interesting show planned for you today. It's gonna be about near death experiences. We definitely had a pleasant but interesting show for you today. Yes, we do. Fucking near death experiences. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. <laughs> you know something? I'm British. You're British. I no, keep no, you what? said it wrong. What? Because you said you're British. No, it's I'm British. There's no tea in there. Yes. It's Unless it's tea and crumpets. That's just the. It's British. Away. I'm British. Shut up, fam. Give me a bottle of water. Here's a bottle of water. A bottle of water. <laughs> a bottle of water. A bottle of water. A bottle of water. A bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, <clears throat> a bottle of water yeah. is what we're no we're we're gonna be discussing <laughs> near death experiences. You know, it's funny. I actually do have a British friend. I was I was asking her. I was like, "Yo, do you guys? Do you please tell me for fuck's sake? Do you guys actually say a bottle of water?" What she she burst it out fucking laughing. Say no, we don't say that. We say a bottle of water. A bottle. I'm of like, water. but you gotta say it though. A bottle of water. But a bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? A bottle of water. What water? A bottle of water. For fuck's sake. Leave a bottle of water alone. Goddamn. All right. Let's get back so, near death experiences yeah. is what we're going to be discussing today. Uh, I got six of those. Damn. Uh, I, I can think of my head so far. Uh, that's sad because you're not really old. So. No shit. For you to have six near-death experiences already is I really... one hell of a bucket list. It's more than a bucket list, <laughs> my friend. I mean, damn. But before we get into this very interesting discussion, you know what time it is? No, I don't. Come on. For like, what, 10, 39 or so? <laughs> it is time to Just get lit. lit. Yeah. Okay. I've got my nice little cone. With my nice little cure leaf lighter. Oh yeah. That's cure right. leaf can sponsor us. I would not mind being <laughs> sponsored by a freaking dispensary. It's like one bull torch of a fucking lighter, dude. Pretty sure I'm not gonna really take that up. It's it, it, hey, no, you know, guess the job done. Fucking TV torch. Guess the job done. It's definitely interesting to talk about near death experience because I know a lot of people have like different stories about that shit, you know. Oh, which we've got a few listener submissions uh, of it. So, yeah, this will be interesting. We'll get to find out what happened to them. So, it's like... I, I, I mean, I say that I have six of them, because that's the only one I can think of on top of my head. I actually quite have no idea how much I got. Are you telling me that you have more than six? Yeah, probably. Stop trying to reenact jackass then, dude. That's I mean, exactly why I have six. So stop doing it. <laughs> but that's exactly what I want to do. So in the future when I have kids, I'm going to be like, you see this shit? You see? You laugh at my misery. Don't ever do this shit. 
Yeah, please don't do the shit that your dad <laughs> did. To your future children, I'm talking to you. It's Mama Deuce. Do not do this. Do not do what your daddy did. <coughs> oh, you're doing all my stupid shit. <clears throat> please don't. Although I will say, I'm not doing none of that fucking jackass nasty shit like jump. Put <coughs> a slingshot on a porta potty. Hell no. That's just disgusting. Or like drinking urine or <laughs> nope. ejaculation oh, or anything like that. Okay, good. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> ah, that was horrifying. Yeah, it, it should be. <clears throat> Here you go. Your oh, turn. Man. Again. Again. So, near death experiences. Yep. They are intensely vivid and often life-transforming experiences. Right. Many of which occur under extreme physiological conditions such as trauma, uh, ceasing of brain activity, deep general anesthesia, or cardiac arrest, in which no awareness or sensory experiences of any kind should be possible according to the prevailing views in neuroscience. So basically, in other words, you're you're being able to do things that, according to medicine, you shouldn't be able to do at that moment. Right. <clears throat> so a near-death experience, or often called an NDE, right. is a common pattern of events that many people experience when they are experiencing intense threat, are seriously <clears throat> ill, or come very close to death. Or Hence the name near-death experience. Or literally dying. I mean, I have flatlined once. That but that's why. Mm-hmm. They're, they're actually either close to death, uh, they're under an intense threat, or they're just very ill. Yeah. So, <clears throat> although near-death experiences vary from one person to another, yeah. they often include the same features, which include feeling very comfortable and free of pain, a sensation of leaving your body, like sometimes being able to actually see your physical body while floating above it. Yeah. Um, yeah like. That's a common one. Shit. <clears throat> the mind functioning more clearly and more rapid than usual. Yeah. Um, a sensation of being drawn into a tunnel or a, like darkness. Then a brilliant light, like sometimes at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. A sense of <clears throat> overwhelming peace. Well-being, um, like absolute unconditional love. That's a lot of times they say, they say the same thing. It's like all of a sudden you just feel this love, this warmth, this comfort. Yeah, I'm going to die. Let me just love something. Not necessarily that. <laughs> but apparently your own brain. My serotonin levels, my guess. Your, I guess. I mean, there's got to be a medical explanation for it, but. It's something, I mean, you, you got to understand that many people are going to want to volunteer to be subjects in a near-death experience <clears throat> research, you know? No, not for the time they actually <laughs> know these things because they accidentally experience it. It's not that they want to. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It's not like they could actually do studies on this. That's it just happens call, when it happens. That's why they're called near-death experiences instead of purposely almost trying to kill myself. Exactly. You know? But they've also said that they feel a sense of having access to, like, unlimited knowledge. Like, all of a sudden, everything that they didn't know, they know. So, it's like, you know, after, what, you know when I told you I hit flatline once, right? Because mm-hmm. I was obviously resurrected. I died for those few seconds and then resurrected. Uh, okay. They shot me. 
I after I woke up, I never felt more appreciative about life and all the things it has to it has to offer. Cause you know most people. I mean, I'm I'm just saying this to say, guys. I know a lot of people go through tough times sometimes to be thinking some thoughts that are not helpful. But honestly, there's always a bright side to the darkness. There's always a light wherever the wherever the darkness <clears throat> to be found. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like a little moral that I have. So it's like. There's always going to be negative shit, and there's going to be always good shit that's going to happen afterwards. You just kind of have to deal through that shit, you know? Yeah. This is me high talking. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Never incorporated the word shit so much in a sentence. Yeah, right? But, yeah. You know what I mean? You find a, little, a lot a lot of good things. So, yeah. Uh, that's actually completely true. That, I mean, it's so weird to think you just become smarter just by almost dying. And it's not that you become smarter. Just get wiser. It's just, I guess, because once we die, maybe <laughs> that's that's what it all means. Yeah. That once we die, we hit in that level. We hit that right. enlightenment yeah. where we know. Because I mean, there's <laughs> a difference between knowledge and wisdom. That's for damn sure. Yes. So knowledge is more like something you learn. Me while wisdom, wisdom is something, is something you, you gain. You gain from experience. Yes. Exactly. So, for example, um, so most veterans can say. That other time serving, yada, 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 that now is now called wisdom. Meanwhile, you're talking to a scholar who wants to be a soldier. Now, that is just knowledge. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, you're still in high school. You're doing that JROTC program shit. Then you're definitely, that's just, that's. You're learning. You're learning. Meanwhile. Once you actually experience it. Exactly. It's a whole different way of learning. Now, then, it's called wisdom. That's hands on. Yep. You gain experience, and by gaining experience, you got you gain wisdom. You know, you gain something out of it as an experience you already know firsthand. Exactly. That's why it's, there's a difference. We, there's a gap, and and with similarities, because it does have similarities, but it has its own differences between wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom, is something you experience, you gain from it personally. Meanwhile, knowledge is something you learn. Exactly. Now, when you had your <laughs> near death experiences, a lot of people also claim that they have like their life flash before their eyes kind of like their yeah. life in review did you have anything like that oh every single time <laughs> so you were seeing yourself doing <laughs> stupid shit over and over yeah. again <laughs> no. it's like i remember back you know the story about my mom throwing me a shift for you can't straight on my head yes that is one of like, my right favorites on my forehead. you know i it's kind of hard for me to believe this is gonna sound so stupid every time that just that's one of the first things that comes up yeah. So like a fucking missile, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, I never quite understood. the arm your mama has. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That's Puerto Rican arm right there. That's yeah. Because yeah. you're baseball players for a reason. Yeah. They throw shit. It's just about anything other hands of the goddamn weapon. I I'm I'm one of those that tends <laughs> to think that if you're Hispanic, especially a female. You're going to, I mean, although you guys also have, do have it, mm-hmm. but when I say that the females, we're the ones that are able to like freaking clock you with a chancleta from like five feet away yeah. or 20 <laughs> feet away even. I mean, you guys could be running away from us and we could just, it's like perfect like precision, precision aiming. Sniper shot right I'm there. serious. I'm serious. Yeah, you like the sound it. effect? Of... <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. But so yes, I apparently the light flashing before the eyes is a common thing in, I mean, in near death experiences. I think one of those times happening when my dad pulled up the belt, 
And Damn. did the snapping thing, you know, the fucking... And your life flashed before your eyes. Yeah, and pretty much. <clears throat> pretty much? I think that's like about almost every child that has a... <laughs> I think so. If you their think dad so. or a belt in general. My dad, yeah. I mean, my... To be honest, my dad never laid a hand <clears throat> on me. But he is like intimidating. But he was very what intimidating. What is it with fathers being intimidating? I mean, all he had to do was give me that look. Yeah. And I'd be like... Fuck, and it's not—it's not even that the person is a bad person. <laughs> it could be the most kindest and bad person. But my you... dad was a great person, right? But he was just very intimidating. He was that old school Cuban old man. It's not even it has that a... was just like very quiet and stern. Yeah, and just—I mean, oh my god! But, just... but at the same time, he had the biggest fucking heart. But just think about it. Like half of the time, these these the, the you know these fathers are like the most pure hearted and shit. The, the moment their son gets in trouble or a daughter, in a sense, right? And the dad, the dad is the one who responds to the call. Oh, fuck. What you're, the you're, fuck you're is it with now. all of us feeling intimidated? Even oh. though the guy could be like the most nicest father ever or like the most spoiling father. It's like when you get in trouble with dad, you know you done fucked up. Yeah. That's just like the basic thinking of a human being right there. My dad responds to the call, I done fucked up pretty bad. So oh, I don't yeah. know what the fuck I did, but I know I did something wrong. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes you even hear your name being called some sort of way. You think you're in trouble, but really they're just trying to ask you something. And you're already like... Yeah. Trying to hide, going into your fucking laundry basket, covering yourself with the dirty clothes, trying to like... Oh, Seriously. Here. I remember my dad used to walk and be like, hey! Be like, yeah? He's like, what do you want to eat? That, yeah, literally. No, I'm dead serious, dude. Like, I'm over here like, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, I did something I now this time. What I do? What I do? What do you want to eat? What do you want Oh. What? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> the light flashes before my eyes. What? 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 Wait a minute. <clears throat> what? I'm so confused. Is, is this a trick question? I swear. Is for this the... my last meal? You know. What the... <laughs> I said for like the for like the next few weeks, I'm probably just gonna be thinking like, what? It's just gonna be in my head, and I still remember every single time that shit's happened. Yep. Just life flashing before your eyes. The life flashing before your eyes. Well, you apparently. Want to go what? <laughs> <laughs> you want to play a game with me? What did you just what? say? What? Speak English. <laughs> Are you... I don't know if I'm hallucinating. Speaking of hallucinating, oh, they the say that when they have the near-death experiences, they actually have encounters with deceased loved ones or like with other beings that may be identified as like religious figures. So some people chilling with the Pope. <laughs> some are oh. like, Jesus is my homeboy. Uh, it'd be pretty cool to hang out with like Gaia and Lilith. Yeah. Hang yeah. out with them and just ask them questions. Jeez, but no, like deceased loved much. ones is a big one. They oh, say yeah. that they actually, it's like they get reunited with their loved ones. Yeah, that's what she was <clears throat> Now, <clears throat> these, uh, these are commonly reported, but some uh, near-death experiences differ from this pattern and include other types of uh, experiences. Mm. Like, for example, some experiences may actually be frightening or distressing rather than peaceful. <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> I'm sure you've heard of Ernest Hemingway. Mm -hmm. When he was young, he was badly injured by an exploding shell on a World War I battlefield. Ooh. And um, he wrote in a letter to his home saying that dying is a very simple thing. I've looked at death 
and really I know. If I should have died, it would have been very easy for me. Quite the easiest thing I ever did. Years later, Hemingway adapted his own experience, um, that of the soul leaving the body and taking flight and then returning back to the body, mm. for a famous <clears throat> short story called The Snows of Kilimanjaro. Mm. It was about an African safari gone disastrously wrong. The protagonist, stricken by gangrene, um, knows he's dying. Suddenly his pain vanishes and Compi, a bush pilot, arrives to rescue him. The two take off and fly together through a storm with rain so thick it seemed like flying through a waterfall, he said. <clears throat> Until the plane emerges into the light. Before them, unbelievably white in the sun, was the square top of Kilimanjaro. And then he knew that there was where he was going to go. <clears throat> the description embraces elements of a classic near-death experience. The darkness, <clears throat> the cessation of pain, the emerging into the light, and then a feeling of peacefulness. That's mm. pretty much what they all seem to say. Um, so when, I wonder if that's like some sort of last resort chemical your brain releases once it's not that's good. Maybe. Feel. I mean, like I said, mm -hmm. there's very actual medical study or no or information yeah, known about, study it. about it. Yeah. So I mean for all we know it could be some kind of chemical that your brain releases when you're that close to death. Cause I mean guys if you if you were with me But back, what if what if it's all true? Yeah. I mean listen if you guys were with, with, with us back with uh with the last um Discord live that we had the, the Ouija like, demons. Yeah, the Ouija demons. I explained and I talked about the sleep paralysis. Well, most people, because I was asked that, most people would think the sleep paralysis is like some sort of it's like some sort of actual demon. The sleep paralysis demon. This and that. No, that's a symptom that is commonly known. Is your brain? Your brain. Your brain releases that as like a fucking um a mass hysteria at that point. No. What the actual sleep paralysis is a chemical your brain releases to make sure your body does not completely move while you're sleeping or while you're dreaming, really, because you're in that dream type dream type of state where the own chemical from the sleep paralysis is even causing that as we speak. Now, what happens to people that sleepwalk? Yeah, they lack sleep paralysis chemical from the brain, but you know the brain has its own ways to fucking do certain things we don't even actually think we don't even actually think about. So, what if this could be practically the same thing for when we have those near death experiences or we actually die? Could that just be like a failsafe with the brain knowing that it's time to go, that there's no going back, that that the deed is done, they're not going to live from this? Yeah, I mean, and thus never know. causes us to look forward or the back of our lives or see a tunnel where it's just darkness and then the light at the end or it's just you know, like it's it's just that deep type of like level where you just start thinking of like shit. What can our brain actually do? Right. There's so much that even neural uh, neuroscientists don't actually completely even know that the brain has that the brain can do, whether it's release certain chemicals for your body, whether it's just parts of a brain for different personalities or whatnot. Yep. It's stuff like that. <laughs> you know, we already know that serotonin is the <clears throat> chemical that makes you happy. Yeah. From your brain. Exactly. Sleep paralysis, you guys just know a little bit about it now, which is the chemical you releases your brain releases to be on a dreamlike state without actually moving. It causes you from not to move. 
Exactly. And now, what if this could be some sort of other failsafe your brain releases? Like, maybe it is, actually, because you're just thinking about these things. It's not like just something spiritual. It's some, if almost everyone at that point has also mentioned the same shit over again. Yeah, no. Because this mean, is some people th- have claimed to have seen Jesus. Right. <clears throat> but like you said, it's mostly whether it's not just just family members. It could also be like some sort of religious or or it just could be religious idol, fi- idol, idol features. Yeah. Like uh, like you know, for Christians, they would obviously see Jesus God. Christ or God. You know, um. For others, they might see Buddha. For people like us, they might see, you know, Lilith, uh, Gaia, um, Odin. Odin. I mean, yeah. whoever, whoever, whoever your religious figure is, <laughs> you would obviously—that's the person that you would be seeing. Yeah. Now, I do remember hearing the story once about a uh, a man that <clears throat> he was Jewish, and when he had his near-death experiences, after he woke up from that, he claims to have seen Jesus and became a Christian. So, who knows? It's a lot of things, you know. It's a lot of things. People, like I said, they've obviously seen family members. There was one little boy that um, had his own near-death experience. They had a book about it for the life of me. I can't remember it. It was more... Of the stuff that I read back in my old yeah. Christian days. But then again, it could also But the just... little kid actually told them that he had seen, um, I believe it was his uh, uh, mother's uncle or his <clears> grandfather <throat> or somebody that he had never met. He tells them, I, I met, I think it was like Pop Pop or something that, that, that he called them. I met yeah. Pop Pop. And they were like, what do you mean you met Pop Pop? And he said, yeah, I met Pop Pop. And he said this and he said that. And he starts describing them, but they're like, oh, wait a minute. And they show him pictures of what the old man was like. And he was like, no, no, that wasn't him. And they were like, but that was him. And he was like, no, he was much younger then. So one day they're looking through old family pictures and the, the I believe it was the mom that was with him at that point doesn't realize that they are passing through a picture of Pop-Pop when he was younger. She didn't even realize it. And the kid pointed out and said, look, there's Pop-Pop. That's how I saw him. Because Heaven is for Real is the book, actually, that was, uh, I believe, made into a movie as well. Mm. So, <clears throat> but... Uh, the thing is, maybe it could also be like some sort of spiritual thing. That sense of like, what, what, what if you just see that because that's what we're most to be known, or maybe it's like the deity or God that we follow. For but example, then explain <clears throat> how the Jewish guy saw Jesus and became a Christian after he woke up. Well, not many Jews did trans uh, trans to to Christian to Christianity. Well, wouldn't they see Abraham or something? No, most probably not. Exactly. Like you would think stories as well. You would think that someone affiliated with Jesus. But for you to have a near death experience <clears throat> and see the deity of another religion and wake up saying, Hey, I'm I'm jumping ship and going on on uh, uh, onto that one, something really significant happened during that experience. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because it's gotta be big. It's not just, hey, I was chilling with my homeboys and, and, and we were smoking weed and talking about haunted places and shit. No. I mean, they're they're being able to see family members that are dead. In some cases, family members they've never met before. Um, 
being able to see places that they've never been to. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's really interesting to think, is it just a chemical reaction from your brain or is this something that's actually really happening? Because <clears> death <throat> doesn't mean the end of life. It's just a whole new life, a, a different way of being. Life, yeah. Exactly. You know, so it's, <clears throat> it's very interesting. But you remember how in last week's episode, I asked for uh, listeners to share with us yeah. some of their near-death experiences. We've got a few. We actually have got a few. Oh, shit. You want to <laughs> hear them? Yeah, I actually do. Awesome. <clears throat> so, first one comes from Cynthia. Cynthia uh, has a very interesting story. Oh, my God. She says, I was 33 years old when I was hospitalized for problems with asthma and allergies. Because I'm highly allergic to aspirin, I made sure that both my doctor and the hospital were aware of this and that it was noted in my chart. During the hospital stay, I was suffering from a terrible headache. I requested pain meds to help with the headache. And unbeknownst to me, the staff gave me a medication that contained aspirin. Within five minutes or so, I was struggling to breathe. Panicked, I pushed the nurse's buzzer. Instead of sending a nurse, they sent in a young hospital volunteer. By this point, I was unable to speak as I gasped for breath. The little volunteer girl had no idea what to do to help. All I could think to do was grab her and dig my fingernails into her back. I knew if I let her walk out, I was going to die. About that time, an orderly walked by, saw that I was turning blue, and ran to get nurses. I was unaware of what was happening at this time because I had now lost consciousness. Later, I learned that the orderly usually worked in ER, so when he ran to the nursing station, he paged ER for doctors. By the time the doctors and nurses arrived in my room, my pulse and blood pressure were very shallow. I then had a cardiac pulmonary arrest, and my heart stopped beating. <clears throat> Interestingly, I next left my body and began watching the event from my stance next to the ceiling. I had died. The transition from physical life to death was seamless. I felt absolutely calm. All my anxiety had vanished. There was no particularly, particular emotion other than interest and curiosity about the fact that my body was down below me and I was up at the ceiling observing. From there, I went to a place where I was surrounded by white light. I felt a peace and harmony like I've never felt here on earth. In no way did I feel judged or anything like that. It just felt like I was in the arms of God and I felt safe. Hmm. Then I saw a review of my life, both the good and the bad. After the review, I felt strongly drawn to return to physical life because I realized from the life review that there were things I had not completed. I also could have stayed where I was. It was so wonderful. But I think that my desire to handle unfinished business on earth was powerful. So I was given a choice to either stay or return to my body. I chose to return to my body. From that dimension of light in which I experienced only peace, love, and comfort, I returned to an enormous amount of pain. I was intubated and couldn't breathe on my own. It is difficult to explain the hardship of being unable to draw your own breaths because a machine is doing it for you. The desire to breathe is instinctual. It was mm. horrible. 
I was later told mm -hmm. by the doctor who had prescribed the aspirin-based pain medication that since they didn't know exactly how long I had been deprived of oxygen, they were concerned about the amount of brain damage I may have suffered. Mm. Thankfully, I came out of the whole experience <clears throat> with few long-term health consequences. Now I look back on the whole thing as a gift. It certainly didn't feel that way at the time. It was a real struggle for a while. I knew I had many changes to make in my life, but after the near-death experience, the spiritual aspects of life became much more important to me. Even so, there were times in the beginning when I wished I had not come back. Certain people in my life were taking advantage of me. In other ways, I wasn't living the life I now knew I needed to live. Some of the changes ahead of me were hard but necessary. As I look back on it, it was such a blessing. I did make the changes that I came back for, finished unfinished business. I live life in a different way, and a big part of it is that I know there is nothing to fear. When we pass on to the next dimension, we are just dropping the body. From the standpoint of our consciousness, nothing changes. We're still ourselves. That's yeah. a nice way of thinking about it, actually. Kind of removes all the fears. You know, you're still going to... Your 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 thoughts, your your emotions, your your the, your being is still going to be the same. You're just dropping your shell. That's pretty cool when you think about it that way. Okay, so we've got a we got a story from Elizabeth. 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 Hi, Elizabeth. So here's what she says. Oh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is one of our older listeners. Nice. We've Jesus got Christ. we've got some uh recognition. Hell yeah. Cause she says that her near death experience happened in nineteen eighty one. Damn. <laughs> when she was riding with a friend headed to the beach and she drove her sports car into a tree. <clears throat> Damn. She says after the wreck I could see my body in the sports car and I watched as men attempted to get me out from underneath the dash. I was watching from a point a few hundred feet above in the sky. I felt no sorrow. I was surprised that as I saw men pulling my body out of the car, I felt no connection to my body at all. Mm. Then I found myself in the brightest white light imaginable, but there was no glare. It was so peaceful I had never experienced anything like it on earth, nor have I ever experienced anything like that peace again. Mm. The white light was so bright it would have blinded us here on earth, but the light really was unearthly. While in the white light, I did not see any people or landscapes, trees or lakes, nothing. Just a wondrous light. I felt completely happy and wanted to stay, but a deep masculine voice told me that it wasn't my time and that I must return to my body. I told the deep masculine voice from the white light that I didn't want to go back because it was so wonderful where I was. I didn't think about family and friends. Later, I was shocked about that. Yet the environment was just so perfect and happy. But the masculine voice told me I had to go back because it wasn't my time. He was right. I'm still here this many years later. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Um, our next one comes from Angela. Angela. We have a lot of female listeners. Right? Hey, no, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. I guess y'all are my, my witchy listeners. I like this. 
Hope you're all smoking or already smoked your shit. Just saying. Let's see what Angela got to tell us. So one evening while in bed sleeping, I suddenly awoke by the feeling of a hand pushing and nudging my shoulder. That would make me piss in my bed. Oh, um, <laughs> Can you imagine? Dude. Just like oh, when you know you're not supposed to have somebody there. No, hell no. Right? Imagine you're supposed to be alone in your house, and all of a sudden you got somebody just nudging your shoulder while you're asleep in bed. And I'd be like, yo, I'm just trying to be friends. Yeah, play. Yeah. Jesus was friends with Judas. He was my locos. No, I'm gonna make you it's friends. True. I'm gonna make you friends with, with with your God really soon. You're gonna see him up close and personal. Shit. But okay, so. So okay. So poor Angela. Yeah. Gets the shit scared out of her in bed with this thing. She says, startled, I quickly sat up in bed and looked around. There was nothing there. Everything seemed to be in place, so I figured I was imagining things or, or just dreaming. Glancing over at the clock, I noted that it was 2 a.m. I decided to, to chalk it up to an overly active imagination, and then I quickly fell back to sleep. The next evening brought a repeat performance. <laughs> I'm sleeping soundly in my bed, and suddenly I'm nudged and pushed by an invisible hand. I wake up, and again, it's 2 a.m., and I see no apparent problem or explanation for the event. A bit frustrated, I lay down and went back to sleep. When I woke up the following day, I must admit that I felt intrigued about this repeat event happening at 2 a.m. I was the only person living in my apartment, so there was no logical explanation for what was happening. After giving it some thought and arriving at no logical conclusion, my mind moved on to other things. Evening number three, and here we go again. At 2 a.m., I was awakened by the sensation of a hand pushing on my shoulder. Hmm. This time, it was more insistent. I was like, bitch, get the fuck up. <laughs> but she didn't say that. I'm saying that. Yeah. Let me clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... Back to her words. <laughs> Begrudging the interruption, I again sat up in my bed, this time determined to find out what was going on. I roused myself from the bed and began wandering around my apartment, attempting to locate the source of the problem. She's got balls. Hmm. Big ups to you, Angela, because you got major fucking balls. Seriously. <clears throat> uh, as I walked around the apartment, I happened to glance out the window. To my surprise, I saw a massive fire raging in the dumpster no more than 30 feet from my apartment. Flames, hot sparks, and debris were leaping 20 feet into the air, then falling onto the ground and surrounding cars. Immediately, I phoned the fire department. Their quick response time allowed them to rapidly gain control of the fire with minimal property damage. Mm. I hate to think of what could have happened due to that fire had I not been woken up by that mysterious hand. My apartment complex was big. Many lives and property would have been at risk had the fire continued without being stopped. Mm. To this day, I continue to wonder about the source of the hand and the entire experience. 
Admittedly, whatever the source was, it knew me well enough to know that it would take three days of nudging before I got irritated enough to get myself out of bed and do a thorough search. Think about it. Somehow the source of the hand must have pinpointed the timing of the fire, implying that it saw a future happening. That is so fascinating. Of course, I can also tell you that I have had other equally intriguing and unexpected experiences. It has been proven to me repeatedly that life is much more mysterious and unexplainable than many realize. Wow. Angela, you got more of these stories? Please send them our way. Sure, because sure. already this one with the mysterious hand, wow. you know, be really fucked up. And no, no, no disrespect to you, Angela. Just my, my freaking high ass mind thinking about this shit right now. But you know, it'd be really fucked up. What? If one night she's in her bed sleeping and all of a sudden that mysterious hand wakes her up by starts fingering her or some shit. Oh, hell. <laughs> Sake, it's scary movie all over again. It was just one time. And at first, without realizing it, she's like, "Ooh, okay, I, I, I kind of like this." And then all of a sudden, she's like, "Wait, who the fuck is that?" Who the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know you. Oh man! And then all of a sudden, it's like thing from Wednesday. Oh hell no! <laughs> Let's see where mixing. <laughs> no, it is a hand. It is a hand. Yeah. We're mixing in all these different things, but yeah. Okay. So Judy. Judy's our next uh, listener. And Judy says, in 2011, uh, I was a dental hygienist and I was living alone in Bedford, Iowa, a town of 1,500 uh, souls. Around 4 o'clock one morning, I awoke with a horrible pain in my chest that I can only describe as like a stake had been driven through my heart. Hmm. In my distress, I tried to reach under my ribs to massage my heart. I know it sounds weird, but it was all I could think of to do. She, uh, I couldn't reach the painful spot, but I kept pressing. And then all of a sudden, I was in another place, all golden. It wasn't shiny gold, but it was warm, like gold everywhere. There was no floor, no walls, no ceiling, no seams, no lines. I get chills just thinking about it. And I was standing there wearing normal clothes, and I could feel my feet were on some kind of solid footing. And I was looking at this gold, and I felt the most wonderful, loving presence, like all the angels hugged me with their wings. Like something wonderful was washing over my skin. It was loving, warm, tender, and just peace I have never, ever known before. I just wanted to experience that forever. I yearned to move further into that golden vision, but my feet felt heavy like if they were stuck to the ground. Mm. I tried to help myself get forward, and I couldn't go toward it. I must have passed out, because when I looked when I next looked at the time, it was about 7 o'clock, and I called 911 because I couldn't breathe. Uh, I was taken by ambulance to a hospital 25 miles away where doctors determined I'd suffered heart failure and installed a pacemaker. This is another older lady. Hey, hmm. y'all some funky-ass old ladies, man. I'm liking this. 
Because y'all listening to my, to our podcast, odds are you guys are witches or pagans of some sort. Yeah. Odds are, if you're not witches, you're into like all the bizarre shit that we talk about. And odds yeah. are you smoke. So that's like, dude, you're a badass grandma. Just wanted to say that. But Jesus Christ. Going back to her story. Yeah. Uh, my heart just stopped because there's a little note on your heart that sends electrical impulses to your different chambers, and it just stopped being electrical. That's an interesting way of explaining hmm. it. On the way to the hospital, I remembered thinking it was the perfect time to die. I was a devout Catholic at the time, and I'd recently been to confession and absolved of my sins. So it was the most wonderful, glorious feeling so far above anything I had ever experienced. I fully embraced the event, but I didn't tell anybody for a long time because I was afraid people would think I was a weirdo. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Uh, no, Judy, you are not a weirdo. And, or Actually, you kind of are, but being a weirdo is an awesome thing. Makes it you means that you're not boring. <laughs> you're not boring. You're not cookie cutter. You're not, you know, mass produced. You're a fucking one of a kind beast, and we salute you. Okay. So next. Oh, we got. Is this a guy or a girl? I'm trying to figure out before I say and assume a gender on this one. Okay, it's a girl. Okay, so I'm guessing the name is Edie and not Eddie. <laughs> I gotta make sure of this. So, but it's a girl, so it's Edie. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, but that's what it, it definitely looks like. E-D-I-E. So Edie. Yeah. All right. So thank you for being a listener, Edie. We love you. Now... In 2016, I was an experienced cyclist and was out for an early morning ride on my bicycle. Coming down a hill at about 20 miles per hour, I entered an intersection and was T-boned by a motorist running a red light. Hmm. Damn. Damn. I, my car flipped over. The windshield was shattered. I flew into the air and landed on the pavement. Damn. I saw it coming. I remember seeing the white SUV and knowing there was nothing I could do. And then I just remember this incredible calm, like this peace that came over me, and it was so vivid. And then I don't remember anything until sort of coming to and just having this mantra in my head saying, Stay calm, stay with it, stay calm. A bystander who witnessed the accident held my hand and tried to comfort me until the ambulance arrived. He, he told me that I kept trying to get up and was saying, where's my bike? I was never unconscious, but I have this gap in my memory. Ironically, the accident occurred right in front of a hospital, but it didn't have a trauma center. So I had to be transported to a different hospital. Mm. The person who was by my side was a nurse's aide. 
and the woman who hit me was a nurse trying to get to work. I broke seven vertebrae in my neck and spine and 11 of my 12 ribs. Are you hearing this shit? She broke seven vertebrae in her neck. Wow. And her spine and 11 of her 12 ribs. She was rushed to the hospital and stayed there for 10 days before being transferred to another facility and was paralyzed from the chest down. Hmm. I wanted to know what happened, so I got in touch with the woman who hit me. Not for recrimination, just to fill my own memory gap. But I didn't think about it as a near-death experience much because they pumped me so full of drugs that I couldn't remember the pain. But as I thought about the incident and tried to make sense, I could only assess the physical damage. My neck broken in three or four places, my C2 severed. Three years later, after the bike accident led to a second near-death experience caused by an overdose of drugs administered by my physician. After being hospitalized, I lapsed into a coma. When I woke up the next day, I found myself in a mental limbo. Scenes kept repeating themselves over and over and over. Unlike my first brush with death, this one didn't fill me with calm. It was pure hell. I was so confused. Doctors everywhere, yet I didn't know where I was. The second experience resonates with me still. It took me until now to go see a shrink. Wow. Edie. That's some serious shit. I'm just like, wow. So, <clears throat> you said you've had near-death experiences? Yep. Do you care to share any of them? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, it's probably because I'm not, not hot talking, just getting rid of this, but I remember once I was trying to jump a ramp with a mini bike while I was worse at the other one. The mini bikes don't usually go that fast. It has a big ass ramp. So instead, I ended up slamming into it. Shit, my neck's hurting like a motherfucker. Because the mini bike just slammed straight to my crotch. Oh my god. So on top of me falling right on that fucking hard concrete of a wall of a ramp. Oh. On top of that, I hit myself with a fucking bike right on the crotch. And to make things, and to make matters worse, it, it, the fucking mini bikes usually actually have an exhaust. So I burned myself in the corner of my. Damn. Oh my god, that shit. Now, why is this a near-death ex near experience? Is it because the actual mini bike would have fallen on my head because it did flip over, and I could have actually just everything could have ended right there. Like we said, I mean, it doesn't have to be that you actually die. It's extreme trauma, injury, sickness. I mean, it could be a number of of things that 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 people have experienced yeah. these type of experiences from. I think in the time that I was unboxing. And I got hit so hard in the face to the point where I feel like I was about to pass out or faint or knock out. I do feel like everything is just so slow right now. Like, I'm, my life is in danger type shit. It's just like that fight or flight instinct people get, you know? Mm -hmm. When they know they're about to go down. That's why most boxers become more desperate at the end of the game. When they know they're about to get knocked out. Wow. And you actually think about it, they all got no they all get knocked out. But they're I, you know damn well they're seeing something. Yeah, definitely. 
And it's and just... For the most part, people who knocked out, you still see them with eyes open, meaning that they're pretty much still awake. It's just... Oh, they're seeing something. They're they're probably looking at themselves from up, up above. Going, that... You got knocked the fuck out! Yeah, <laughs> like... Like the sleep paralysis case, man. Like, you know, when you get knocked out, you probably for, force, like, some sort of um, sleep paralysis chemicals. And then to that point, you know, it's just like... Have you ever heard of sleep... Uh, not, not like... um. Not sleepwalking, because that's just people that just get up and start walking. Right. But there's a, another term, I can't remember it right now, where people say that when they sleep, their soul actually gets up and leaves their body. Oh, and, astral projection. Yes. Well, exactly. if that could actually happen, then what's to say that we don't actually have the same experiences when we have these near-death experiences, where our soul is actually just... Exiting the body and looking at the situation from from a different viewpoint. Yeah, you know, so it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think that there's actually truth behind all these experiences. Yeah, I, I, I understand that it could be. I understand that it could be just a chemical reaction in the brain of some sort, but I don't know. I mean. I don't I don't see how these chemical reactions could make everything be so life changing and, and so impactful on these people that they come out of it saying, Wow, that was the best, the most peaceful I've ever felt. It was this, it was that. Like I mean, they all share the same stories, so to speak. Because and they all share the same symptoms for the most part. I don't we, know. we as humans are. I, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna dig too much into biology shit, but to be honest, we're all we all humans. We actually technically have the same fucking system as others. Now, the only thing that differentiates us is our tone of voice, the way of doing things, and obviously, our differences. I'm gonna light this shit up again. All right, guys. Oh my fucking god, this is gonna be interesting. But like, oof, this fucking TV Twitch man. But it's like, oh my gosh, it just hit my face. I don't give a bad shit. Uh-uh. You ain't hitting but, it? Oh, <coughs> fuck, fine, okay. But it's like... Mm. I just think that it could be for real. Uh, I mean, I, I believe it. I believe it. I know that even dreams uh, in your dream world... You could actually even travel to different places, see your deceased loved ones, all these different things that could happen. So why not this? That's that's the way I see it. I mean, yeah. there's so much about our brains and itself and, 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 and death and, and life after death and everything that we don't know about that who's to say this isn't what, what's actually happening, you know? Then at that point, doesn't become part of the brain it becomes more something of life itself yeah you never know biological wise there must be something what do you guys think man i mean we'd really like to hear from you guys and see uh obviously we've heard from some of you your own near-death experiences and we appreciate you guys for sending that in and having such cool ladies listen to us I mean, we've got some veterans in here. Oh, That's yeah, pretty, pretty cool. I'm, I'm actually excited with that. Um, but definitely, if you guys 
not just the submissions of, of, of your near-death experiences, what do you think about near-death experiences in general? Um, do you believe it? Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Would you ever want to have one? I mean, I know you don't want to be in a near-death experience, like, per se, being so close to death. Obviously, nobody wants to be in there. But if life happens and you are in that situation... Would you want to have this type of experience and be able to maybe see a deceased loved one, feel that peace that everybody's talking about? Look at that bright ass light. I mean, would you want to? Yeah. Would you want to explicit? Yeah, seriously. If it happened, it happened. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Not that we want to actually be in that situation. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to be, you know, ram my car into a tree or none of that stuff. But if it's in the, the, the universe's plans for me to ever be in, in, in that type of situation and, and have the opportunity for a near-death experience. I would want one. Hey. Hmm. Maybe I could see my, my uh, deceased loved ones again. Uh, I mean, that would be awesome. Uh, I'd be open to flying. I'd, I'd be open to having that infinite wisdom and shit, you know? I mean, mm. it all sounds pretty cool, that piece. And, hey, you know, I mean, the one line that got me was, I think it was the first story, Cynthia's. I, I think it was hers. I could be wrong. If not, it was the second one. Then it was towards the beginning. Mm. One of them said that the minute that they went into this different place, they no longer had anxiety. Mm. That line was the one that got me. It was like sold. Give here's my money. Take it. I want it. Jeez. The minute they said no, I, I had no longer had anxiety. I was like, damn. From one second to the next, like a light switch. Boop. You're good. Damn. That sounds hmm. interesting. I, I'm just high. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that is our episode. For tonight. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We definitely learned a little bit, especially about some of our listeners. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, shout out to Cockahead. She's got her guest spot coming up in a few weeks. She's oh, yeah. excited. Uh, she'll be featured on our upcoming Creepypasta and 4chan episode. Yep. So she's, oh, she's been researching the shit out of it. Jesus so Christ. she's going to be cool. And um, also expressing interest is another one of our big fans, Haley the Fool. Mm -hmm. Wants to be on a future episode as well. So that'll be interesting. Um, if anybody else wants to be featured as a uh, guest on our show, you could do it in person. You could do it by phone. Um, I mean, we're pretty open on that shit. Uh, the only thing we're not open in is, you know it, if you join us here in studio, you are getting lit with us. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> um, but, so next week's episode, we got another good one for you. Next week, we're going to be talking about dark tourism. Hmm. Everybody, when they go on vacation... They go to the usual fucking spots. Sure. Gets a little boring. How about if you can go on different tours that explore haunted places, that explore serial killer homes, that explore abandoned cities, 
I mean, different places. Think outside the box. Think a little dark. Think off the beaten path, and you might actually enjoy it a whole lot more. You might also find something you don't want to say. You could find that even in, hey, man, I didn't want to see It's a Small World in Disney World, and I had to endure that shit. So, (laughs) you know, but uh, definitely you don't want to miss that one. It's going to be interesting. Um, You know how you guys can reach us in the meantime? Reach us at our Gmail, witchyweedpodcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, got a wonderful uh, group page there, witchyweedpodcast. Instagram, witchy underscore weed underscore podcast. Tweet us, man. I mean, our Twitter's kind of fucking non-existent at this point. It'd be great to have some tweets in there. (laughs) Witchy underscore weed. And, of course, our server on Discord, Witchy Weed Podcast, where we host all of our lives, which we will have another live coming up. Oh, yeah. Still uh, still don't have the date. Still don't have the topic. As soon as we do, you guys will be the first to know. Um, But until next time, stay lit, witches. (laughs) 